Welcome to our Portuguese Table Podcast. I'm Maria Lott and the Azorian Green Bean. And I'm Angela Samoz, and we're just two chicks dishing about Portuguese food, culture, and what it means to be Portuguese. So grab a glass of vinho or un copo de café and join us as we talk about our favorite foods, reminisce about growing up Portuguese, and interview some of our community's most successful chefs and food writers. So, so sit, sit down, down at our Portuguese, Portuguese table. table. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Our Portuguese Table Podcast. I'm Angela Samos, and we have Maria. Hello, hello. How's it going, Maria? It's going great. It's going great. Good. You know, it's just, you know, our, our weeks just kind of fly by lately. They do. It, planning stuff and getting things going, and and it seems the more I um I plan, the more it seems the time flies even more, and <laughs> I have less time to plan. So so, and how about you, honey? What's going on there? How is California? It's beautiful and sunny, and I love that. Um, you know, now that we're in summer and the days are longer, and you can have barbecues at night, and you can sit outside and have a cocktail by the fire and I, I love the cold weather but there's just no you just can't get a better evening than when it's really nice out and you are having a barbecue you've got friends or family over enjoying a nice either glass of wine or a cocktail and having some good food and being now, thankful for for all the things that we've been blessed with in our life you know it really is now what's What's nice is the last time I visited California, I went with my husband, but we were in Huntington Beach. So we Ooh, stayed in nice. Huntington. I know it was. It was really pretty. And then we went down to Venice, and then we went down to, like, all of the different little places, Newport Beach and all of that. Yeah. It was really pretty. And the one thing I loved about it was that I could be outside and not have the same kind of mosquito problem. <laughs> that we have up here yeah and I yeah. yeah so I'm sitting there and of course there's a nice breeze and you know of course in the evening they've got the fires going outside and it was just like and especially like Newport Beach we were at this uh restaurant where it was right on the water and it like they had a glass wall so we sat there but the water was hitting it I mean it was just a beautiful beautiful time and all I kept singing was oh my god why am I not getting like bit because I, I don't know if it's my type of blood or, you know, how they say you have your, oh, you're sweet. They must, you know, they're attracted to a yeah. certain thing. Well, uh -huh. mosquitoes love me. So, uh, so here in the Northeast, I have to stay in my sunroom. There is no way in the evening mm -hmm. I can go outside. I've got to, you know, I've got to be like <laughs> covered in covered. <laughs> bug repellent. That's, That's the only thing I can't stand about it. That's but, um. Uh, but yeah, barbecues are great. So we have to do our barbecues. It has to be during the daytime because at nighttime, it's just too many mosquitoes. And oh, wow. um, and even in, during the day, my husband has to go out like in the morning and kind of like um, almost like spray a certain area just mm -hmm. to kind of make sure that we don't have those pesty bugs if we're going to be doing stuff outside. But see, I, I do see, love the summer. Maria, this is just one more reason that I I am a self-proclaimed state snob. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> because I am a firm believer that California is the best state in the union. Oh. High high cost of living and all. 
I will. <laughs> it is beautiful. I'm it joking. Is, I, I'm half joking, but you know, no, honestly, we we are very lucky here in California with the weather and everything. And yeah, I do find that the East Coasters that move to California very rarely go back home. Oh, I bet uh, to I, move, like they'll go visit family yeah, and stuff. But once they're living you, here, it's when hard I to left, go back. when I left, I was like, oh, I could do this again. But then again, I was vacationing, so it's a little different than actually living there because some of the houses I saw like over at, let's say, for example, Newport Beach, and there's these like tiny little shacks. For a million dollars? It looks like tiny little shacks in the hilltop. And you look and you go, well, you know, that can't cost that much. And they're like, oh, no, that's two million. I'm like, oh, my God. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, so, so yeah, I uh, know it. So that that is true. But but we're here to talk about food, not real estate. <laughs> oh, I know we are. I'm sorry. You know what? No, no, no. It's okay. We're like talking no. away here. But you know what's funny is I have, uh, for those of you that don't know, I have three daughters. I have um, our oldest daughter, Erica, and then I have twin daughters, uh, Rebecca and Sarah. And they were born on the 4th of July. <gasps> they were? Yes, they were on the 4th of July. So 4th of July for our family is huge. It's huge. That's awesome. They're cancer babies. Yes, they are. I'm a cancer baby. Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is, is on that, they're very nurturing. Uh, They're homebodies. Yes. And uh, they are definitely that. They are very kind-hearted young ladies and just they're very proud of the women they have become all three of them but um yeah my girls they're a little um they are a little firecrackers let me tell you really oh yes are. we're dramatic i will yes, tell you they dramatic. are they are dramatic yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for them it's always you know a big party with the family and mm-hmm. then and of course for fourth of july we have to go see fireworks there's always fireworks so right. the, the great thing on their birthday is it's always a celebration for everyone and it's it's a day off for everyone which is great for them not everyone can say that for their party right. you know for their birthday so um but yeah, so that to us is the big thing. And of course, for a birthday, what does that mean? Oh, a party, a birthday, that's even double food. Mm-hmm. That's more yep. food, that's more people, it's more stuff and and it's it's always good. It's always good stuff too. Good. Well, so what are so the one thing I love about summers too is that we barbecue so much that the stove and the oven hardly get used. So I have like less pots and pans that I'm having to, uh, to wash. Absolutely. Right? So we, we love to barbecue ribs and fish and we actually, you know, it's funny, even though we're American, we don't do hamburgers and hot dogs that often. We do, you know, we'll do steaks and chicken. Yeah. We try yeah. to do the, we haven't, um, that's one thing that I, I think I'm going to try this year. So we use a lot of like the paprika and the olive oil and the, the traditional Portuguese spices when we do our yes. chicken. Yeah. But yeah. I've never tried to make the, the I guess it's the, the PD PD chicken. Yeah. When, like when you go to Portugal and it's like that chicken that I swear they put drugs in because it's the so flat good. one. Just flat. You can't out. even yes. stop eating it. It's like, <laughs> like you just, oh my God, <laughs> you want to inhale it. Like, you know, it's so delicious. It's, so I It is so good. Yeah. So we do a lot of that. We grill a lot of vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so for those that, your, yeah, I was going to say for people. anyone out there who doesn't grill vegetables, it is, it is amazing to grill mm-hmm. vegetables. Yep. 
And you can grill almost anything, even like small ones, because we have the little um, grill basket mm -hmm. that you just that you put on top of the barbecue. Because of course, you know, you can't put. I guess you could put asparagus on there, but you could. Yeah, no, you need that that other um, yeah. thing that goes on top. Yeah, because this is just no way. Yeah, yeah. So we we do a lot of that, and then uh, and then of course there's some great salads. My my mother in law makes a really great roasted pepper and onion salad. Mmm, that, that sounds wonderful. I think, I think it's a Portuguese thing. Um, it's really delicious. Just. You roast the green peppers, the bell peppers, yeah. then you peel off the skin, and then you slice them and then mix that with some sliced uh, red onions, olive oil, uh, vinegar, and garlic. It's super simple, and it's really delicious. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's so, really yummy. And then what else? We just, And sometimes we'll just have salads for dinner. Just yeah. make a big old salad and throw yeah. nuts or cheese or chicken or yeah absolutely and then for desserts what do you do for desserts because I know I, I have two that I go to all the time in the summer, summer if I'm doing desserts and one is of course uh, a very American dessert <laughs> 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 uh, but that's the um, buying the you know the the ice cream sandwiches you oh yes, a package of ice cream sandwiches, and you buy a package of let's say my girls love cookies and cream. That's their favorite. Okay. So I'll buy a package of the sandwiches, and then I'll buy uh, a package of the cookies and cream, and then you make on uh, a nice um, loaf pan. You layer the bottom layer with the cookies, the 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 sandwich cookies, mm -hmm. and then you put a layer of the ice cream, and then you put again a layer of the sandwich, the ice cream sandwiches, and then again okay. a layer, and then, you know, you just keep doing it until the very top is just ice cream. Okay. And you put, you put all of it in the freezer. Okay. And then um, the, the next day when you're going to use it, or at least three or four hours in the freezer, you uh, you take it out until it gets like a little bit loose, and some people even kind of layer or line the pan with a saran wrap, so it makes it easy to kind of lift it out of the. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, to make it uh, to, so you can lift it out. But I usually just leave it out for like a few minutes till it loosens it up, and then I flip it over, mm -hmm. and then you have ice cream cake. Nice. Slice it away, and you've got ice cream cake. It's like a cheap version, a very yeah, cheap sure. version of that. But then I have the canty free that I make, which is the Portuguese version, and that is just. Um, and I know I have a I have a YouTube video, and I think it's on my also my webpage with the canty free, and all it is is um, whipping cream, a can uh, like a a pint of whipping cream. One can of um, sweetened condensed milk, mm -hmm. and the other thing is I do blush Maria um, oh. in it, or I can do any other kind of cookie if you want to trip. So what you do is you beat that whipping cream till it's nice and fluffy, then you fold in the um, the sweetened condensed milk mm -hmm. and the crushed cookies of whatever cookies you want. And you kind of just fold it in and you put it into a greased mold. And what mm -hmm. I like to do is I like to use a small little bump pan and I use it, um, I fill it up, I grease it and I put, I fill it all up with it. 
And then it goes in the freezer three, four hours minimum in the freezer or best is like overnight. Mm -hmm. And then when it's time for the party, I either kind of submerge the uh, cake pan into like um, a little kind of almost hot water bath really quickly to kind of loosen up the uh, cake and flip it over. And I serve it with um, a homemade hot sauce. And it is the best homemade ice cream. You've just made ice cream. Wow. Without an ice cream maker. Yeah, that does sound delicious. Oh, it's amazing. We we actually don't, um, I don't see we make a lot of desserts, um, period. And then especially during the summer, we do a lot of berries, like berries and whipped cream. Yep. Yep. Um, Some ice cream maybe. But yeah, we keep it pretty simple. We're, uh, I'm more of a savory person. I'm not a big sweets person. Ah, okay. Because, yeah, the other thing my mom would make is she would make these um, layers of blushamadia and puddings and whipped cream. Yeah, that sounds so good. And it would be like, you know, the bottom layer would be all the blushamadia cookies. Yeah. And then you would, like, of course, dip the, um, the cookies in, like, really quickly in coffee. Yeah. And, and so you would layer that on the bottom because they get mushy really quickly. And then the second layer on top of it would be now homemade vanilla pudding. We're not talking vanilla pudding from a from a box. But you can – obviously, you can use one from a box. But my mom would make it homemade and it would be the, the vanilla pudding. And then the mm-hmm. third layer would be another Maria biscuit. And then the fourth layer would be homemade whipped cream, again, by using the whipping cream and just whipping it all together. Mm-hmm. And then – Again, cookies, and then the sixth layer would be chocolate, homemade chocolate pudding, and then another layer, and you finish at the very top with just the whipped cream, and you just put it in the um, in the freezer. I should say, um, yeah, you put it in the freezer and mm-hmm. just leave it there, and it's just so you refrigerate. I'm sorry, not freezer. You refrigerate for like three hours at least, um, and it is to die for. I'm not. It's to die for. And then, of course, every once in a while, I'll I'll post that recipe, especially during the summer, and someone will go, "Can I use boxed pudding and can I use Cool Whip instead?" And, uh, <laughs> and the answer is yes, folks. You can. You sure. Can. Why not? You know, you can if you you know you don't want it. But once you make homemade pudding, you really cannot even go near the boxed kind. It just yeah. It just tastes so much better. I mean, you know, I don't know that I've ever had homemade pudding. I've always had the Jello, you know, powder, the boxed one. All right, I'm I'm gonna give you it. Well, it's really easy. It's a half cup of white sugar for for chocolate pudding. This is how easy it is. A half cup of white sugar. This is granulated sugar, folks. Okay. Three tablespoons of unsweetened cocoa powder. Hmm. Uh, half, I'm sorry, a quarter cup of cornstarch, um, an eighth of a teaspoon of salt, and two and three quarter cups of milk, two tablespoons of butter, and about a teaspoon of vanilla extract. Okay, and you, do you know that recipe by heart? I do. Oh <laughs> You're crazy. That's insane. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Because my girls ask a lot for that. So I kind of, <laughs> I already know how to do chocolate pudding. And uh, so you put it in the saucepan over medium heat and you kind of whisk everything together. You whisk together the milk, the sugar, the cocoa, the cornstarch, the salt, and you kind of bring it to a boil. 
and okay. stir it constantly until it starts to like thicken. Uh, just like you would when you're you're making your pudding from scratch, how it starts, um, I'm not scratch, from box, you know, it starts to thicken up, it starts to yeah. boil up and thicken, and you kind of keep whisking it, keep whisking it, and you just kind of leave it off to the side. And as, uh, when you remove it from the heat, that's when you stir in the butter and the vanilla. Because you once you cook too much vanilla over the overheat, sometimes it, it kind of gives it that, I don't know, a different kind of taste. I like it adding it towards the end. And you let it cool off, and you've got pudding. You've got homemade pudding right there. Yeah, now I know why I have the boxed one, Maria. Because <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can, no, I will tell you why. Because I can get a fat-free version oh. <laughs> in the box. <laughs> that sounds delicious, like decadent, but uh, I, really I wouldn't be able to eat that very often. My goodness. Yeah, it's, it's good. Those are the, the, the three things that I make in the summer a lot. And because if it's too hot and I don't want the oven on, you know, that's it. And when yeah. it comes, you were saying ribs also. Yeah. Ribs is a big thing. Uh, but I marinate my ribs the night before. I, oh, um, okay. Yeah. Because what, like the, in the venue and the aloo and all that? I take, um, I'll buy one of the, you know, the long pieces of ribs that come all together in one big piece. And then uh -huh. I bring it home. And because it's cheaper to buy it like that than to have it already bought in pieces, cut up in pieces. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. So I buy that long piece. And then when I get it home, I slice out the ribs. And then, uh, of course, I clean everything up and uh, make sure there's, you know, whatever. You know how, how, you know, everyone who's listening knows how to cook. You know what to do. Mm -hmm. You get it all nice and clean. You cut it up. And then I put salt over everything really nice. Some pepper. I get some pimenta um, malagata, which is the, um, the hot, spicy pepper um, chunks, and I put that in there. And then I put some uh, olive oil. I sometimes put, oh, paprika. Sometimes I'll put onion powder. Then I really, more garlic powder than anything else. Because if I put the garlic pieces in it, when mm -hmm. I go to grill, sometimes it burns it, mm. and I, I don't care for that. I um, so I do the powder better because it gets on it and it doesn't um, and it doesn't burn after. And then I'll um, I'll put a tiny little bit of cinnamon. Hmm. Tiny little bit of cinnamon. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and, and then I mix everything together, and uh, sometimes I'll put a little bit of um, either a little bit of wine or if I have beer around, if I have Portuguese beer, I might do a little bit of beer, but it's either sometimes a wet rub or a dry. And if, mm -hmm. and if I'm doing dry, I just stick to a dry rub. And I just do that real quickly and I put it in the fridge and then the next day I'll put it in the, um, sometimes depending on what's going on, in the winter time, I sometimes actually put it in the oven first for a little bit. And even in the wintertime, we grill. And then I'll have my husband grill it so he doesn't spend too much time outside mm -hmm. <laughs> in the yeah, cold. In the snow because you guys get snow. <laughs> That's right. So I'll yeah. kind of do it like a little bit but not all the way. And then it ends in the grill. So it still has that charred flavor sure. to it, which is great. Okay. But in the summertime, it goes right on the grill. And let me tell you, yeah, the marinating does it. <laughs> I'm and gonna have to try. It. I'm gonna have to try that. So you actually cut up your ribs before you grill them? Yes. Okay. So we do it. We buy the baby back the rack, and then but we just grill the whole thing as a rack, and then we cut them later. 
Interesting. See, I cut them before. Isn't that funny? Because mm -hmm. I, I want to make sure that it gets charred on all corners. <laughs> I feel like, I love it. like every little piece gets charred. It's not just like the top and bottom. Does that that's make fun. sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how so I, I, like I bought, um, uh, you know, Manuel Azevedo, who um, we are going to be interviewing. Actually, at this point, I don't know if his his uh, interview will have aired already or not, but we've we've talked to him already uh, from La Salette yes. um, restaurant. And, you know, he sells the Portuguese spice blend, the Portuguese salt blend, spiced salt, um, and then also a, a sopa mix. Oh, okay. So I, I bought all of that, and, and we actually had ribs the other night, and I used the Portuguese spice blend on the ribs. It was really good. I, nice. I don't, he, doesn't, he doesn't list what's in it on the package. Um, and I, I don't remember if it says it on the website. Uh, it certainly has, you know, the uh, the paprika and the garlic and the um, – it's got to have chili powder or something in it. But it's a, it's a really nice blend. And I just rubbed it dry, you know, on the ribs. And a little, yeah. Actually, I put a little bit of olive oil first and then I put the spice. And then, um, yeah, then we just threw it on the on the grill and it was delish. Nice. Very simple. Very simple. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So it is all summer begins and, it, and you're right. It's just uh, spending more time outside, going to the beaches. Um, so I have to ask you, do you like sardines? Sardinish? I do like sardinish, but my favorite is shishash. Ah, okay. It's the little horse mackerel. Yeah. Uh, the smaller eat the one. the whole thing, right? I eat the whole thing. <laughs> Head to tail. Oh my yeah. God, it's delicious. And but the thing, the key thing is to have it crispy enough to do that. Yeah. And they have to be small enough to do that. Um, if they get to be too big and they're not crunchy, I won't eat the whole thing. Mm. It, it's got to be the right, it's got to be done right. And sometimes they'll say, oh, we have shishash because they'll have specials at a, a local um, restaurant we have down here called Nuvo Mundo in, in New Bedford. And they literally have, um, like what's special or what what was caught today mm -hmm. they they get it so they only have like a board of like fresh things or specials like it's we have it till it's gone kind of thing mm -hmm. and sometimes they'll have shishash and it'll be done like perfectly nice. um and uh but i've had also my sister when we have barbecues we have and my sister's husband ernest he likes to make them but he it's hard for sometimes to get the little ones so mm -hmm. if he gets the bigger ones and it's not fried you know enough or they're not small enough i won't eat it and he's like hey you didn't eat the whole thing and i'm like hey, it's too big <laughs> it's, i can't do that <laughs> but uh yeah it's got to be done right it's got to be done right so i remember um the first time and I have to say, I've said I, in the past that I have a bad memory that, um, you know, growing up, I honestly don't remember if we ever went somewhere where they had grilled sardines or I honestly don't remember. But my first memory of sardines was the first time I ever went to Portugal uh, ever. Uh, it was in 1998 when I graduated from college. So I just dated myself. And um, and I went by myself because it was like my gift to myself. I had always wanted to go to Portugal and I went. And... I happened to be there during the Festa de Santo Antonio in Lisbon. Yes, yes. And if you've been there, or if anybody has been there to that Festa, and I think there's a few other Festas. I think Festa San Juan was like this as well. They, they're just tables in the street and people and grills and grills and grills of people eating sardines, right? 
And so the whole city smells like a sardine. Really? <laughs> yes. And at first it was like, oh my God, what's that smell? Because you're not used to it. And I'm an American, right? right? And I'm right. visiting. Right. But then you see, like, you know, when you're walking and you see like this alleyway and it's like so picturesque in itself. But then imagine that alleyway full, just a tables and chairs and people sitting and eating and having a party like in the middle of the street and they're nice. eating sardinhas and salad and bifanish and all sorts of stuff and it was like just the most magical thing ever and I remember thinking these people know how to party <laughs> <laughs> it was just really cool and so you know I still don't love the smell of sardinhas but um it has now it become kind of a you know, I can have like one. It's not oh my, my favorite thing. Oh yeah. My, my, uh, my husband loves them. Even my daughter has eaten them. She's only, she's not even three yet. And she, she's eaten them and she seems to, to like them, but she has a very, it's funny how kids develop, I guess their taste buds early on. She loves pickled things. Um, she loves things that have vinegar on them. So she, it's not surprising to me that she likes something with a very strong flavor. My parents like them. My in-laws like the sardinhas. And so we'll actually, we can get frozen sardinhas here at the one um, Portuguese store in San Jose, Trade Right. Yep. So we'll go get them and we'll have our own little sardinhada here in our backyard. And it's kind of fun. Yeah, nice. Now, you were saying a festa de San Juan. Now, is that the one where when you have, um, if I'm not mistaken, but my sisters would have, when it was Fashta Saint Juan, if I'm not mistaken, they would have, of course, there's always parties along for our at the church. And I, I knew there was always like some kind of parties and stuff and our feasts and stuff. And one of the things that they would do also is they would have like a bowl of water and you would put um Oh, how can I explain it? Almost like when you go to one of the feasts and you want to, uh, you pick up so many uh, chances for a dollar, you get, you know, so many chances and you try to get gifts that are there that, and if you open it up, you unwrap it. There's a number, you know, that yeah. wins. You yeah. know how tightly, I can't think of the name now. We, um, uh, here in, we, so we play that game here in California at some of our festas and we call it the kermes. Kermes. No, that's I don't not know. Yeah, that's not the that's not the name. I'm like completely blank. I apologize, folks. But my my sisters would do that, and I would see them like um, folding it up and rolling it up, and you know, and you know, doing all of that stuff. And mm -hmm. they would put uh, the name of, I guess, a boy or certain boys that they liked, or they that they would say, you know, they'd get married to, or whatever. Oh, okay. It was some. It was some, some Silly thing like that, but you would see them do it, and you would leave the these little tightly, very tight pieces of paper, you know, whatever the way that it's supposed to be folded, and then they would put it in the water, and they would leave oh. it overnight, and you'd have to leave it outside, if I'm not mistaken, it would be outside, hmm. and then Saint Juan, whatever, or whatever how it goes, the the one that would open, if any would open, would be the one kind of thing. So okay, that's, not mess. That's, that's that's a different thing. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what that that's was called. a different. But I can't think of the name now. But I remember this as being a young child and my sisters doing this, or a young kid, and so and I remember them doing the whatever. And the next day, oh, I should go back further. My sisters, my sister Isabel loved Tom Jones. 
She loved <laughs> Tom Jones. Now I'm aging us here because I'm an old lady too. But you know, this is now way back. Her like big thing was Tom Jones. She was like, oh, crazy. Ah, every time for Tom Jones. That was Isabel. Adeline, she loved Elvis. So okay. she had put, of course, Isabel thought she would marry Tom Jones. And of course, Isabel Adeline thought she would marry Elvis Presley. So she put EP for Elvis Presley. And, you know, in those pieces of paper that were in there the next morning uh you go out and you see if any of them opened up and of course the one that opened up was the one that said ep so my sister adeline was like that's it i'm, I'm marrying marry elvis presley elvis presley that's who i'm <laughs> marrying you know and of course that you know ha 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 kind of thing all right okay well now years later she um is going to get married to a gentleman by the name of Ernest Pimentel. The initials oh, are EP. EP. Darn cool. That, that is, is really cool. cool. Yes. And uh, so, of course, when she started dating him and all of that stuff, it was like a type of thing of like, remember when we were younger and we did this for the fashion saint Juan and it came up ep and i and it was for elvis presley but it's not it's for ernest pimento yeah. you know so it was like you know so i always have in the back of my head with the fashion saint Juan with that so mm -hmm. that is like every time we fight here i'm thinking oh yeah that's the one where you put the little <laughs> things in the water you leave it overnight and you know yeah. so uh yeah that's that's the one thing i remember being young and uh besides you know having the usual you know food and parties and all that other stuff along with it but um so this was this was the festivals that you guys would do in massachusetts or back correct in yes yes yeah so from what I can tell, because uh, I, you know, there are so many holidays in Portugal and it's hard to keep them all straight because they're all for saints. So I know that San Juan de Porto is 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 in June and is, and is celebrated in Porto. And then there's Juanine, San Juaninas, which is in Terceira, which is also in June. Um, and I don't know if it's also celebrated in the other islands, but uh, I, I know that I it's, don't remember that. Yeah. So huh. I, we've been we were lucky enough to to be there once during San Juaninas, and that's pretty amazing because they do the the floral carpets you know along the streets, and then every little I guess you'd call it freguesia or vila you know every every town um, has a choreographed march a marcha, and mm -hmm. they all come marching down, and they're the costumes are beautiful and colorful, and they all have a theme and. It's really, it's amazing Pretty. that, you know, this little island can put on such a spectacle and there's always a queen of the, of the parade and the, and it goes until like three, four in the morning. I mean, oh. the whole, the whole island is awake. <laughs> I think like 24 <laughs> hours. It's pretty, it's a pretty amazing thing. And again, sardines and all sorts of food. And it was, you know, again, we know how to party. We do. We really <laughs> do. Yeah. Right. Oh, it is great. So what are your plans for the summer? Anything special? Uh, well, in June, let's see. So June it, we, is Dia de Portugal. And we'll That's have right. Here, yeah. And That's we, right. Uh, we, I think we talked about that on the last podcast, but yes, yeah. yeah, so we have that. And then my birthday is in July. Oh, so <laughs> that's right, because you're a cancer baby. I am, yeah. 
July 12th, anyone wants to send a card? <laughs> I'll put my address. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yes, no, I, you know, it's funny. Some people are always like, oh, I don't really care about my birthday. I don't like people to celebrate. I'm the total opposite. I'm like, hello, it's my birthday. You better tell me happy birthday. Oh, <laughs> you would get along very well with my family because my, uh, my husband's uh, sister, she does not have a birthday day. It's a birthday month. And, and, <laughs> nice. And her and she's her is March first, so it's the whole month of March for her. Nice. Now with my daughter Erica, it's the same thing. She learned from her aunt, and it's not so. All of my girls, it's not the day. It's not even the week. It's the whole month. The whole month. Hmm. I, I can't. That's, I just can't. Well, you know. Because it's like, hey, mom, it, it's my birthday month. I'm like, you had your birthday three weeks ago. It's <laughs> So this year, this year is a milestone for me. I'm turning 40. Oh, you're uh, a baby. Yeah. But you know what's funny? I, I don't feel 40, which is good. But it's I also, I have to remind myself, like, no, you graduated college 20 years ago, not two years ago. And, <laughs> you know, like, it's just weird because sometimes I still feel like, am I really old enough to do that? Am I old enough to have that? You know, I just, because when you think about when my mom was 40 or when my parents were 40 and 50, like they just seemed so much more mature, I guess, uh, than no, I feel is. like I am. I don't it's know. Because they were our parents. That's, that's maybe, what it is. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. So other than, other than, you know, trying to plan a, a big bash for my 40th, <laughs> and I'll, I'll be doing some traveling for work, but um, no, just trying to enjoy the, the summer and you know invite people over and have family over and that kind of thing absolutely, so, absolutely. um you know one thing that i always uh have when we go to portugal but i don't really know how to how to make and i don't know if there's a trick to it because it seems really simple but we every time we go they people always have a plate of the shrimp on their on their tables and it's the whole shrimp like the eyes, yes. the antennas, like everything, yes. right? So are those just steamed or are they boiled or like what's the whole – how do they do that? Because it also doesn't – there isn't like seasoning on them. They're not marinated, but they're no, still very right. good. So how do they're they – They're very good. And they're also – do you notice the consistency? They're very different than what we get here yeah. in the United States. Yes. They're softer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because the last time I was there, my cousins, we did the same thing. They had some for me. And you're right. It's it's the whole darn thing. It's everything. Whereas, you know. Looking at you with his eyes. Yeah. Exactly. Which is, you know, for us here, that's not how we get it. You know, we buy it and it's just all cleaned out. And sometimes you can buy them where you still have to deshell them. But they take out the the antennas and the eyes and, you know, all of that stuff there. But the way that I saw them doing it was they just put it in, in water and boiled it. Okay. That was it. It wasn't even steamed. It was like, you know, it was put in for like almost like a flash um, boiling. It wasn't boiling okay. for too long because it the, they're fresh. So it's not like they need that much time. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and they're not. Like here, when you bite into our shrimp, there's a little, the kind of, I don't like know. A snap, right? A, like exactly. A, there's a snap yeah. to it. And there, it's almost, um, it's a softer consistency. There is no snap. Mm -hmm. And they tend to be almost sweet. 
Yeah, they do. Yep. So I was going to ask, like, do they put salt in the water when they boil yes, it? Yes, they or? do. They do. Okay. Yeah, that was it. That's all I saw them do. Yeah. yeah I, that, I mean, we, we see the, every time I go to Portugal and every time we go to someone's house or even go to restaurants, that seems to be one of the most common things that come on the table. And they're served cool. It's not like they're served warm or anything like right. that. Right. There was like room temperature, right. whatever. And here, you know, we always think we have to have like cocktail sauce or something. Nope. Yeah. There, you just eat it like that. Yeah. And there's a bowl there for the shells. And there shells, you go. Yep. But in the meantime, who was it that was telling me? So I said, well, they do make it uh, like a garlic shrimp. You, They can do that. Right? Oh, I have okay. seen that where okay. it's like wine and garlic. Um, and, you know, and they do that real quickly in there too and all that stuff. So I, I've had that. But the way that we have it here, where we call it shrimp Mozambique, there oh, okay. is there is no shrimp Mozambique there. If if you go oh. to the islands or you go and you ask for shrimp in Mozambique, they're gonna look at you like, "What are you talking about?" It is more. It, this has been more created, Americanized than than anything else. How funny! Um, yeah, and by using the the uh, the malagata, which is from originally or you can find it in Mozambique where it came from and giving it that hot in it and all that stuff and the saffron and all of that other thing that they would um add to it or safrua asafrua they would use asafrua also but um yeah no you you can't you can't get that there that's um, so that's so funny because i mean i think everybody has a pretty common knowledge that like some of the chinese food that's here or even mexican food or italian food even there's american versions right like if you go to italy and ask for you know deep dish pizza you're not going to get it or if you go to <laughs> if you go to china and ask for orange chicken they're going to be like what I, I what the heck that. is that <laughs> and so i had no idea that there were portuguese versions or portuguese american yeah. versions of that yeah. like you know yeah. things that were invented here um, yeah. One thing that I recently had at uh, Bacalhau Grill in San Jose were Bacalhau tacos. So I'm quite sure that we wouldn't get that in Portugal, but no. uh, because no. they don't really have Mexican food, that like you say taco, and they don't really no. know what that's. You over know, there. it's it's, it's you know. so funny. I had family over last year that stayed with me. It was my my cousin's children. They came over, and um, so we had them here and had them for a few weeks. And I tried to show them because usually it's in the summertime that you know either i have visits visitors over or i go there and this year we're not doing that i don't know what maybe it'll be like last minute kind of thing and that sometimes happens too but they came over last year and i said to them i said well i want you to try as many different foods that you like or that we have here available in the united states mm -hmm. so we did italian which they were fine with because you know you know they've that their kind of versions that they try there, you know, that they have pizza stores and they have, you know, these other places too. It's really hard that you're driving through and you see a little corner and it says pizzeria and it's in St. Michael. It's like, that's oh, so okay. Funny. Yeah. And uh, so it's not like that's something new for them, whatever. But it was like, okay, fine. Let's do Mexican. So we have a Mexican place. It's a, a family owned uh, restaurant and they even have the mariachi uh, band there on a certain night so we made sure we we're there for that and so they could get the full experience of it mm -hmm. and and they were like oh okay like yeah all right this is okay <laughs> you know it was like it was all right <laughs> then it was Chinese we figured okay let's do Chinese so my um my husband and I and my girls we all love Chinese food too and um we also love Korean food which is really yummy. oh yeah Korean barbecue and, yeah yeah, I love that. And we, whenever since they were little, it was like we always played around with chopsticks. So we know how to 
I know how to use chopsticks, obviously. And so we're like, okay, we're going to teach you how to use chopsticks so you can, you know, whatever, and we're going to do huh. this. And they were like, no, I really don't, we don't want to eat Chinese. And we're like, well, why not? It's really good. It's delicious. And they're like, oh, no, no. I, I, you know, what kind of meat is it? <laughs> oh, my oh, my gosh. How funny. So they thought it was like dog or yeah. something? Yes. Yes. So I'm like, no, honey, no, it's not. It really, you know, it's okay. This isn't, we're not in, you know, way back, you know, and yeah. I guess there's parts yeah. of China that still do that, uh, yeah. unfortunately. But I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, we have rules and regulations here. We have the health board going in. It's no, no, this is not, you know, this is not it. But they were not thrilled with it. They were not thrilled with it. So, and I can't remember now what the other one, we did Korean and we did, like I tried doing as much as we could, but mm -hmm. then it came back to them saying at the end, the best food is Portuguese in the world. It's the best it is. food is Portuguese. Of course it is. You know, it's funny. So they have, um, the last time we were in Portugal, I noticed there are a lot, especially in Lisbon, I don't know about other, other parts, but there are a lot more worldly cuisines that are popping up in Portugal, so there's like, there were quite a few Chinese restaurants. There was um, some Mediterranean, so you could get like falafel and things like that. And every time I, I, I just wanted to try it, just to see what it was like. Like, what's Chinese food taste like in another country, and what does falafel taste like in another country? And and even like hamburgers and stuff. Just stick with Portuguese food when you're in Portugal, yeah. because that's what they do best, right? right and not right. to say that the other stuff wasn't good. I mean, it's. I guess we're just used to the way, I guess, Chinese Americans do it or whatever right. here, right? Yeah, but no, you're um, right. Yeah, I just, I wasn't, I didn't love it over there either. So I just totally stick with Portuguese food when I'm in Portugal. So your cousins are right. The best food is Portuguese. So you just got to <laughs> stick with that. But, you know, speaking of um, summer, again, the there is another salad that uh, there's one of the booths at the Dia de Portugal Festival here that they serve. Mm -hmm. Bacalhau salad. Uh, and it's really good and it's served cold or cool right like room temperature yeah and i don't know how they make it but it's got like the bacalhau that's like they've you know crumbled it. they've cooked it obviously and they yeah, crumbled yes, it yes. up and it has garbanzo beans and onion and parsley and i think a little bit of egg uh hard-boiled egg and then it's all mixed together with some olive oil and vinegar yeah and I know exactly it's what talking about. delicious. Oh my gosh. And, and you, mm. and you just said ex that's exactly how to make it. And my mom would sometimes add potatoes, boiled potatoes to that too. Uh, depending yes, on. Right. You're yep. right. There was yep. potato. Yep. In it. Mm -hmm. yep. And in a, in a quick, uh, for a quick dinner or a quick lunch also at, um, on us, especially in the summertime when you don't want to cook instead of the doing it with bacalhau, which, uh, takes a little bit longer to, you know, to desalt it and to boil it and to get that done was just making sure that I had potatoes boiled and what do you call it and some hard-boiled eggs but I do that with tuna also tuna yes I yes. do that with tuna which is I I love that yeah yeah that's that's one of my favorites but with bacalhau I mean it's even better but that um to make it even faster it was with with tuna but yeah. mm, very good so how do you how do you do your fruit salad so I know the so fruit salad is another salad of the fruta, fruta, yes. right? Another very yeah. Portuguese thing. How do you do yours? Because I've had it a couple of different ways and I like it one way, but I don't like it the other way. I've, um, my mom would make it also in a few different ways. And if we had company, there would be some port wine in it. Okay. That, that's a definite. 
I knew it was going to be with some company coming around if she was going to make the salad and put port wine in it. And if it wasn't for company, there would be no port wine in it. <laughs> We're saving it for the good people, okay? She would save it for company, absolutely. And But it was literally what was the fruit that was around. And so she would use the cut-up apples, the cut-up bananas, the oranges or tangerines or, um, you know, all of strawberries. Oh, my God, you know, peaches, all of whatever was in season, what she had, um, mm -hmm. she would cut it up. And then she would put, of course, a little bit of sugar on top mm -hmm. of it all. And then it, it you just mix everything together and it would create its own uh, sauce by okay. um, by adding that little bit of sugar on top of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of macerates it. I think that's what they call it. But yeah. Yeah, at the time, I didn't know what that was called, but that's what you do. And it creates its own juices. And then you have this delicious fruit salad. My grandmother, on the other hand, would be happy to add another can of cocktail fruit in there yeah. in uh, mixing it in. Oh, I don't have enough of this. Let me open a can of can a cocktail fruit. And she would throw that in there, but then the fruit is mushy. Yeah. That's exactly. the only thing with, with adding sometimes canned fruit is that the mm -hmm. fruit isn't crisp enough or it is, um, you know, it's bushy. I mean, it's not that it doesn't taste that awful, but it's yeah. bushy, but that's, um, you know, and sometimes she would add some white wine sometimes, not okay. all the time. Okay. Sometimes. See, I would go for the, and I don't know if this is an actual recipe, but you mentioned white wine. I think doing like a vin verde on top of the fresh fruit would be delicious. That would yes. almost like a sangria in a bowl, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, um, so I've had it where it's most of like the cocktail fruit and it's got like the syrup and stuff like that. And I'm just not, I'm not into, I think it's because it's a saucy thing and I'm not yep. a big saucy girl. And and to your point, it can be kind of mushy, and so I'm not a big fan of that. I'm I much prefer the fresh cut up, and then, yeah, adding some port wine to it is delicious. But I would I much prefer the the fresh cut. The vert. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of vin vert and fruit, the we found a recipe for a vin vert sangria. Uh, I forget where it was in an American magazine actually, and uh, it was really good, really good. Well, maybe we'll put that if you can find that. You can put that on the. Um... Yeah, the show on notes our podcast, after for the on the show notes exactly so people can make some sangria. I <laughs> love sangria. I love sangria in the summer, especially in the summertime. I love a sangria. It's um, so refreshing. It is whether it was red or white. I really don't care. I yeah. I really I can go for either one or the other. Does that <laughs> does that make me a lush? I don't know. No. <laughs> Not at all. But you know it's funny. So one miss conception that I had was that sangria was a Hispanic or like a Spanish or Mexican thing. And then I realized that it's quite popular in Portugal. So, you know, and I don't know if they have it in Italy and other European countries, but it's not just a, a Spanish thing. No, I mean, if anything, it has to be something Mediterranean because you've got fruit, you've got wine. Those are the things you've got. I mean, that just goes together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, heck, we we love our fruit, our wine, our cheese, our bread. That's lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know there that's, you and I love that kind of lunch. That's an amazing lunch. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. We we do have amazing food. We really do. So, well, uh, folks, I mean, I'm looking at our time here, and here we go again. 
you know, are, we've just been talking away and we're going on an hour just talking about summer. How crazy. I know How because crazy there's so summer. many, there's so many delicious foods that you can make and it really is this, you know, the season, there's specific foods that really are great for different seasons and mm. summer, uh, everything is so fresh and, uh, and, and farmers markets. It. I love yes. going to farmers markets in the farmers summertime. Yes. Mm. Yes. yes, yes. It's all, it's all good. It's all good, guys. It's all good. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I was, I was about to say, do they have farmers markets in Portugal? Well, yeah, they have fresh markets every day in Portugal, rain or shine, rain like or throughout shine. the year. Yeah. And they call them market. They don't call them farmers markets. They're just the market. Praza. praza. Yeah. And the thing, and I love in St. Michael, um, in Punta Delgada, they have an indoor farmer's market that's just on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And that is a definite go-to if you ever go to St. Michael. If anyone who's listening, if you ever go visit uh, St. Michael or you haven't been there in a long time, you need to make sure you go there. Um, you know, especially Thursday is is um, you get the freshest stuff because they get there. Mm. Uh, they're going to be there the, the three days. And... Um, Friday's a good day to go. It's not as crazy and busy as Saturday because Saturday that's when everyone is home and everyone shops at the market and mm -hmm. uh but it is amazing the fruits and vegetables that are there that they sell. It's just so good. Besides every day, you're right. Wherever the village uh square is, there'll be someone who'll be selling, you know, their stuff there, which is mm -hmm. oh my god, you can't beat it. But I'm lucky enough I have um a whole bunch of different farms. Um, in different towns that surround me that I can just drive out and, um, and pick up some stuff. I was even saying this to my, uh, to my husband going, you know, I just, I have to go to this place now. I have to go to that place because it's all these different places that have, that are really great to, you, you can't beat it folks. So if you can support those farmers out there, do that too. Yeah. Um, before we end, you know, another food that I love any time of year, but especially in the summer, is queijo fresco. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, you know I make that. You know I make that. Uh, I am not. I, I expect that you make everything, Maria. <laughs> but see, but that one is really, really easy. And that was like the first uh, YouTube video I made because oh, I, was de okay. I was determined to show people how easy it was to make. Because growing up, my mom would say, oh, it's so hard. Oh, I don't feel, I don't feel, I, no, no, no. Really? She, yeah, she would buy it. She would buy it. I don't, uh, but she had the molds, like she made it like a, a one or two times and then it was like, ah, I'll buy it from the little old lady down the street who makes it, you know, kind of thing. I don't feel, I love it on you know, so it was the type of thing where you'd go, oh, okay, it must be that difficult. And, it isn't. It isn't, folks. Don't listen to that. It isn't. It's so easy to make. Um, you know, the recipe that I have, it takes um, three days. It takes three days of, you know, taking okay. up away from it, you know, putting it back in the fridge, you know, that kind of thing. I know I've seen. So it is uh, a multi-day process. It is a multi-day process. It's, okay. it's not like you're going to make it that morning and at night you're going to be enjoying it. But you know, it's, it's a type of thing. It's worth it. So I make sure I make, um, when I do it, sometimes I use like a, a gallon of milk and okay. that'll give me, oh, sometimes depending on the size molds that I use, if I make bigger molds, it'll give me like four large cheeses. If I use the smaller molds, it'll give me six to eight, you know, depending also on how it curds. 
mm-hmm. um, because okay. sometimes I'll, I'll use a half a gallon and I'll get three beautiful uh, cheeses out of it because the milk curd beautifully, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So well, it all depends on that too. But okay. it's, it's a three-day process and it's so easy to make and you cannot beat fresh cheese. You cannot beat it. Yeah, it's oh. um, it's so creamy and like light and yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so yeah. delicious. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. The key thing, folks, is you can't buy milk that's over processed, so it can't be over pasteurized. It can only be pasteurized once, not twice. So if how would over, you how would you um, know? Is it say on the label? It does. It does. Okay. The label does say if it's um double pasteurized. And there are some labels that have a double D on it, which that kind of shows that it's double pasteurized. But but some of them don't say that. But I usually, um, I buy the brands that I know are local for me. And so local milk usually does not have to be uh, over-processed because it's not coming a long distance to come to us. Okay. So I buy, like in Tiverton, Rhode Island, there's a dairy there and they just pasteurize their milk once and it's called Aruda's milk. So I buy, I'll even, I'll actually go to Tiverton, Rhode Island if I have to, but my, um, one of the local markets, they'll carry Aruda's milk so I can buy it. And I know that that's going to curd really beautifully. If I can't go get my hand on it because it's a small dairy, um, and they sell out very quickly in their milk, um, I'll buy like a Gorelic milk which is local also. It's like hmm. local producers. Um, hood, eh, sometimes. That one's okay. Um, okay. But once you start getting into the ones that are like supermarket ones, um, yeah. their brand, that they never curd for me. They never curd. So what about like an organic milk? Is, you have a better chance with an organic milk too? or? Uh, well, you have beautiful results if you go with raw milk, but I personally oh. Like raw milk. I'd have to know the farmer really well. Mm-hmm. I'd have to know how clean everything is. I just personally, I just can't do it. I, I can't do it. But there's a lot of people who will make it with raw milk. Hmm. Um, the challenge with raw milk, because we, for a while, we were buying raw milk and it, it spoils like overnight yes. so quickly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what you need to do is you buy the milk. And then you need to make it like right then and there. You've got to yeah. make it right away. Yeah. And so, but that will give out the best results. Interesting. That will give okay. out the best. Yeah. And the way to get the milk, you can't overheat uh, it. If you overheat the milk, the it won't curd. If you bring mm-hmm. the hil- the milk to a boil, forget it. It will never curd for you. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. And the same way, if it's over pasteurized, it'll never curd for you. But if you bring it up to, you almost have to bring it up to a heat where it's like someone said it's almost like you just finished milking the cow <laughs> and the cow the, that milk is warm when you milk it uh it's the body temperature of the cow so it you need to bring the milk no higher than 98 degrees which is body temperature okay um so if that's that's pretty much the highest you can go on the milk. So what I usually do if it's been ref- the milk has been refrigerated is I um I put it in the pan in the stainless steel pan and I just bring it up in a very low heat, very mm-hmm. low. And just when it's almost coming to like almost like room temperature, mhm that's it. That's enough for me. 
Okay. And then I use the, the two tablespoons of uh, powdered rennet. And um, there's people who use tablets. There's people who use liquid. Um, there's people who are, you know, they use like a vegetable rennet or whatever. I, I've never used any of those. I've always used the powdered rennet. So I take two tablespoons of the powdered rennet. I put um, like lukewarm water, not even lukewarm, just uh, tempered water and mm-hmm. mix it a little, just a little bit so it dissolves in the water a little. And then I put that into the warmed milk and stir it really well. Okay. And then you kind of leave it off to the side for a good hour. And you go back to the pan. You, like you take it off the, even the warm, um, you just, it, it needs to be cooled off. So it goes off to the side. And in an hour you go back and you kind of shake the pan and it's like this one big gelled <laughs> mm. piece of milk. It's like a big piece of white stuff. It's all gelled up. So you kind of cut into it and the way um, all the liquid, the way kind of like all comes up. And you take a, a slotted spoon and you start putting it into the cheese molds with like a nice plate underneath it. You, and you need to make sure there's some people who will have the, almost like a drainer. It kind of drains into the sink so you can do it all there. But I don't I don't care to do it that way. I, I put it into a plate where it has some nice sides to it. So I'll put it on there. I'll put the fill it up, the, the cheese molds. Mm-hmm. And once it gets to the very top, I kind of tap it down to make sure all the whey comes out. Because that's what you, you need to do the, those right. three days is removing the whey from it. And um yeah, and then in three days, it's like the perfect consistency for me. Uh, there's some people who will even eat it after two days. It's still soft. It's it's firm. It's kind of soft, but not too, too firm. I like it a little bit firmer so mm-hmm. that when I cut into it, it doesn't fall apart on me all, all right. over the place. Right. So three days for me is fine, but it's um it's well worth it. Well, well worth it. Yeah, it's... You uh, can do it, Angela. You can do it, honey. I've heard of the Reddit or the... Is it Reddit? Rennet. Rennet. Rennet tablets as well? Yeah, they have Rennet tablets, and some people do that. I've never used it. Um, okay. Someone had told me, oh, use the junket. You know, it's to make. Um, but I looked at it, and it makes. And this is when I was really, like, in the beginning, learning how to do this and just listening to everyone's advice. And they're like, oh, no, I make cheese, and I use the Rennet tablets. You can find it, and it's called junket. And the brand is Junket, whatever. So I found it. And it makes um, like uh, almost like, almost like custards or whatever it is. Oh, That's what that makes it. And I'm like, well, how many do you use to, to do it? And you have to dissolve it. You have to do this. Have, I'm like, and I never, it never succeeded with me. I never did well with it. So, and I know, but I know that there are people who use the tablets and they do amazing. They come out wonderful. Hmm. I just did not, uh, it just didn't work for me and then someone said use the powdered rennet that'll do it and then once I did that I never went back that's 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 the only thing I'll use okay so, yeah and they sell that in the Portuguese stores and you can buy a, a powdered rennet or um liquid rennet or whatever kind of rennet it's a place out of Vermont it's like Vermont cheese makers um it's a website and you can buy through them too. So for those okay. of you that don't have a Portuguese market close by, you can always do it online. 
And uh, but I think any international market will have rennet. Like the Italians make their cheese, they might use some rennet depending on what cheese they're making. Mm-hmm. I think um, the Greeks also. So it's um, I think an international market would have it. Um, Maybe we can put uh, a link to some of the markets you buy from in the yes. show notes. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. Okay, All right, folks, folks, it's time. It's time to go enjoy summer. Get yeah. out there. Enjoy yourselves. Fire Meet up your barbecue. family. Yes. Have a great time. Life's too short. Enjoy it. And uh, send us send us some pictures of your barbecue, your your sardinhas, and your saladas, and we would love to see what you're making. Yes, and make those puddings too. <laughs> yes, don't forget the puddings. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Have a great one. It's always fun enjoying it all. All right. Até a próxima. Até a próxima. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to our Portuguese Table podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on SoundCloud or iTunes. And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us at feedback at ourportuguesetable.com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até a próxima! próxima.